Hi, I'm Hassel. And I'm JP. And this is Pulled Corks Podcast. All right, today we are going to talk about California. And if you talk about California, you have to talk about Napa Valley. And when you talk about Napa Valley, you got to talk about Robert Mondavi. And Cabernet Sauvignon. That is right. And the reason we're doing an American wine right now is, hey, it's Independence Day. Yeah. July 4th. It is to celebrate. It's Brexit 1776. (laughs) The original Brexit. So we figured we would get a really awesome Napa Napa Valley wine and pair it with hamburgers. Of course hamburgers. Well what else? It's American, right? It's it's the fourth of July. Hamburgers hot dogs, brats, you know, it's perfect. So what did we get? A 1981 Robert Mondavi Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh man, good year, best producer yeah. you could you could get. Iconic, uh, absolutely iconic. And we'll talk about a little bit of the history of uh, wines in California. Yeah, we should. And hopefully, this episode will keep down to a uh, uh, an amount of time that's more manageable. Yeah, Burgundy went a little bit out of the way. Burgundy was a long one. We were about 47 minutes on that, so we're going to try to tone it down. Try. Keyword is try to tone it down a little bit. But you know what? You can't fault us for for being passionate. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we open this bottle and pour a little sip. Yes, absolutely. Here you are, sir. This is 1981. Robert Mondavi. Cabernet Sauvignon. Cabernet Sauvignon. Napa Cab. This is 36 years old. Yeah. And it... Uh, On the s- nose. It smells terrific. Yeah, it, it's, it doesn't seem to be that old. It does not seem to be that old at all. It, uh, it, it smells very typical of a Cabernet Sauvignon. A lot of fruit. Not too much like the Bordeaux cigar box. Yeah, it's honestly to be 36 years old, it's way more fruit forward than yeah. I would have ever imagined it being. Really young, fresh, and it tastes amazing. Like the acid is there, and it's 12.5% alcohol. Which you will not get in Napa uh, today. Never. No. You're more in the 15. Yeah, it, they're crazy high alcohol these days. This. Might possibly be one of the best Cabernet Sauvignons I've ever had. Probably, yes. Like, single variety. And we're pretty critical. Uh, I mean, this, this this kills Bordeaux. Yeah, definitely. On, on that level of Cabernet expression. Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. This is an amazing absolutely wine. Absolutely delicious. It's been stored well, I can tell you yeah. that. The cork wasn't even, like... That was one of the things that was amazing. When we opened this wine, the cork looked like a brand new cork. Yeah, like we bought this bottle like last year. It was insane. As I was pulling it out, I was like, this has to be recorked, you know? And then it came out and it said 1981 on the cork. So I was like, oh well, I guess it wasn't. 
It even had the Deutschmarks price tag on the bottle. All right, yeah. So we <laughs> bought it in Germany, and apparently it had been in Germany for a long time. So yeah, like he said, it had the Deutschmarks instead of euros. We really enjoy this Californian wine. Yeah, it's it's got everything. It's got the uh, the cassis, the cherries, the you know. I've been in Germany so long. I want to say uh, the the. <laughs> Schwartz uh, Johannes Baron. Yeah. It's uh, Black Karant. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely delicious. Fruit is still there. You can't believe that this wine is that old. It's very much alive yeah. in the bottle. It's very, very much alive in the bottle. Perfect 4th of July wine. Perfect for the. And you know what? It goes perfect with these hamburgers. Absolutely. It tastes wonderful with a hamburger. Tomato, lettuce, ketchup, mustard, yeah. and a, a 1981, you know, Mondavi, Napa Valley, <laughs> Cabernet Sauvignon. So just run right out and just grab a bottle of that for your hamburgers. Sorry to rub it in. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Robert Mondavi, let's talk about him a little bit. He, uh, there's a good history behind him because, uh, that goes all the way back to Krug, to, uh, um, Charles Krug. Charles Krug, who was one of the first people to plant grapes in uh, Napa Valley. I mean, we go all the way back to in 1779. Uh, those were the first useful vines were planted in uh, California by Father Junipero Serra. And uh, they were field blends known as mission grapes. Ah, yeah. So the missionaries were actually planting them. Yes, for the good old mission purposes. grapes. They needed they needed these grapes so they could make their wines for their uh, uh, communion and whatnot. And uh, there wasn't a commercial winery there until 1833, and it was put there by Jean Louis Vinet. Vinet. What? What an appropriate name. Yeah. <laughs> What a very appropriate name. And then uh, William Wolfskill in the late 1830s, which I'm I'm guessing that's a Germanic name. I don't know, probably. Wolfskill? I have no idea. I've never heard that family name before. But, uh, but they got a lot of help because uh, Los Angeles County boosted a lot of production because they declared no taxes on any land used to grow grapes. Interesting. And, yeah. So that really helped California to build things up. But still at this time, they were prior to the Civil War, California was not the number one producer of wine grapes in America. That was actually came from the Ohio Valley. That's really interesting. So uh north uh northeastern Kentucky, southern West Virginia, uh Ohio, uh southeastern Ohio. That area was producing a ton of Germanic grapes at the time. So all, all the Germanic uh, settlers were there. If you ever been to that area or from the area, you would realize all the uh, the names. Hell, my mother's maiden name is Hager. <laughs> <laughs> my 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 name first name is Hassel. So mm-hmm. that's <laughs> and I'm from that area. But anyways, uh, I digress. Uh, Napa Valley first was planted by Joseph Osborne in the 1850s, but uh, his uh, original tract of land got split up like crazy over the decades. I'm sure it was probably some huge, 
huge vineyard that just got broken up for to different people over time. And uh, it is apparently the motherland of several different vineyards in, in the uh, the valley. But a lot of the credit goes to George Calvert Yont. He planted grapes as far back as 1836 in NorCal. And uh, John Patchett planted the first official vineyard in California in 1854 with the first official review of a mag- from a magazine in 1860. It was the California Farmer Magazine. And that review said, <clears throat> and I quote, The white wine was light, clear and brilliant, and very superior indeed. His red wine was excellent. We saw superior brandy too. So uh, the winemaker was Charles Krug. Ah, yeah. We talked about him earlier. He did. He was the winemaker for this uh, for John Patchett. And he went on to start his own winery just a few years later. Also, the California wine became so popular that the second wine journal was born, the Pacific Wine and Spirit Review. Interesting, yeah. And uh, at that time, though, they weren't, they hadn't quite settled on Cabernet Sauvignon yet. So, like right now, what is it? Cabernet Sauvignon, Chardonnay, and Pinot Noir. Those are the grapes yeah. you mostly hear about from California. Like the, the French go to grapes. Yeah. And also uh, uh, Zinfandel. Yeah. That's, that's the big exception. That is the big exception, which is a Croatian grape. Yeah. And uh, if you're in Europe, you would hear it called uh, Primitivo. In Italy. In Italy, Southern yeah. Italy. Southern Italy, Primitivo is, is is what you would hear it called. So, but at the time, like back in the 1800s, they like just threw everything at the wall to see what would stick. And uh, when I say, I'm, I'm saying they threw everything. Grenache, Riesling, Malbec, Sauvignon Blanc, Sauvignon Vert, which I've never had. Hamburg, which I don't think I've had. Sommelion, Flamme Tukai, Petit Verdot, Ferment, Pinot Noir, Gamay, Muscadelle, Cabernet Franc, Muscat, Camonier, Cabernet Sauvignon, everything. Everything. They tried everything. They, every grape. So you see that it wasn't just, uh, they didn't just show up, start growing a grape there and decide that, hey, this is what we're going to grow. It took a lot of trial and error to find out what would actually do well in California. And then we come to Robert Mondavi. Now, his family his family business was the Krug Winery, which we talked about earlier, Charles Krug. They basically owned the winery. They did, yeah. His family was the owner of the winery. Uh, he, I, I don't know the history. I'm assuming he was a descendant of some sort. Hmm. And uh, But he left it uh, to start his own winery in Oakville, California, because he saw all this potential in Napa Valley. Yeah, you have to say this was after Prohibition. So yes. the wine business was basically destroyed. Right, right. There wasn't much going on. And this was actually the first new winery since 1833. Yeah. And he was the first person in California to focus on a single varietal. Yeah, so he was m- more or less the person who invented the modern American wine paradigm. Right, he was he was the one who was responsible for Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon. Like the, the, the Napa Cab. The single varietal, right. on the label, clear, understandable, 
fruit forward wine, which is what we're having tonight. Yeah, which and is absolutely delicious. Absolutely delicious. One of the best wines that I've ever had. It really yeah, is. Well, I have to say. absolutely for the year at least top three. Yeah, absolutely top three for this year, and for Cabernet, spectacular. Absolutely on top. Yes. Didn't have any better wine in the Cabernet area this year. No, none at all. None at all. But uh, it was it was really cool. Uh, we kind of have prohibition to thank for it. Yeah, more or less. Uh, it was a clean slate. Yeah, because in California they were just doing all kinds of stuff. There was no regulation, no nothing. You know, it, it was a lot of Italian varietals. Uh, other than all the stuff we just named I mean we just I just named like random stuff there was a lot more than that they were just doing everything fortifying wines like to a crazy extent I mean it was just a mess they were also shipping grapes just to the east to make like wine for the church oh yeah absolutely it was there there was nothing going on so it was prohibition it was just like it just stopped everything and then we were off to a clean slate yeah. and Thank God there were people there who were willing to just start doing things correctly. I think the thing about Mondavi is he was really ambitious. So he was looking at the world market. He was looking at France, at Italy, and he wanted to compete with them at the same level. And that's what he was doing. He was taking his wines and he was traveling the world he was going to france he was going to spain he was going to portugal he was going to italy and he was taking cases and cases of his own bottles with him and he was comparing everything that he made to what he was drinking in europe and trying to figure out how to improve his own wines based on what they were doing so he wasn't just trying to just say he was great he was trying to make himself great and he was trying to learn from the greats to do it yeah he didn't shy away from the big names actually he formed alliances with big names like Rothschild right right yeah he spent a lot of time in uh, Bordeaux especially and Burgundy yeah and especially because he was a Cabernet specialist he spent time in Bordeaux he Build relationships with the big Bordeaux names. Mm -hmm. And in 1979, our birth year, yes, Opus 1 was born. That's correct, Opus 1. And it was formed by... Philip de Rothschild. Philip de Rothschild. And you may have heard of Mondavi. them. You may have heard of the Rothschilds, you know. <laughs> yeah, probably. And Mondavi, Opus 1, which is one of the... One of the most expensive wines you can buy in uh, North America right now. Yeah, it's, it's one of the go-to cult wines yeah. in California. Absolutely. It's a Bordeaux blend, mm -hmm. like a Bordeaux-style blend made in California with the know-how of the Mondavis and the Rothschilds. Yes. So the other thing is, like, Opus One is just, like, the peak of the development. Mondavi was the first guy who actually thought like internationalizing the California style. Right. So he was really studying international trends 
and then putting a California trademark on it. Right. He wanted to make uh, California just as big, big of a name, uh, or he wanted Napa Valley, Napa Valley in particular, just as big as saying Bordeaux, Bordeaux or exactly. Burgundy yeah. or or anywhere else. Exactly. That was the goal, and he also studied their styles, mm -hmm. and so he introduced oak aging, oak barrels. Um, and made like a Sauvignon Blanc fumé. Right. So, oaked aged Sauvignon Blanc. That wasn't even heard Sauvignon Blanc was completely yeah. unpopular yeah. grape in California at the time. And after that, it was a bestseller. Right. So he was really thinking, forward thinking, building new products, bringing them to the market and was really successful. Oh, the man was obviously an innovator. Yeah. Yeah. He he, uh, he he built Napa Valley. He built Napa Valley and California as a brand. Yeah, absolutely. And even Europeans started to appreciate it and import it. So, yeah, we, we got that Cabernet Sauvignon from a German importer. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it held up so well. It did. It was such a great wine. But also, I mean, he's he's been recognized for it. I mean, the Arnold... Yeah, Arnold uh, inducted him into the California Hall of Hall Fame, Fame, and uh, he had you know different uh, um, honorary onology degrees. Yeah, so he was appreciated by the world for his like yeah for for bringing forward California wine. What was the uh, he received some medal from France the. Uh, the Legion of Honor. Ah, oh, yes, the Legion of Honor, which is, that's that's really something. That's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, he's the man. One of the heroes of the American wine, California now, wine. I just want to tell everyone that there's a lot of Mondavi. If you see a cheap Mondavi wine of a recent year. Sure, yeah. yeah, yeah, there's, there's, it's not just that there's like, I think there's like the Vintner Reserve or. You know, whatever. The something reserve. like that. I can't remember what it's called. But uh, stay away from those. There are some cheap ones out there that aren't very good that have hold his I, name. I mean, they are still not bad. They're not bad. They're not. I, I don't mean to they're sound enjoyable. pretentious. Yeah. Uh, they're they're good. I, I would put them pretty much like like a Kendall Jackson. Yeah. You know. On the on that yeah. You, you get you get what you get, and it's going to be consistent. But he does have some. Absolutely amazing wines, though. Yeah, at the higher level, the Mondavi wines are still stunning. Oh, absolutely! And if you're ever in the Napa Valley, go visit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the building itself, yeah, is really interesting. He, uh, he just—he was a man with a great idea. He—he he saw what he visionary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He saw what he wanted to do, and he made it happen. And uh, to this day, everyone wants a piece of property in Napa. Yeah. it's He made that place popular. Yes, absolutely. And I've been in Japan a couple of weeks ago, and still Opus One is the go-to wine for everybody. Right. And Napa Valley is a big name. Yeah. Even in East Asia. So, yeah, that's basically Mondavi's work he he worked for that yeah he created that so uh that is our uh, that's the first american wine we've talked about on the yeah. show and it was impressive it was very impressive 
blew my mind. Yeah. Absolutely, Absolutely blew my mind how great that wine was. And now we have to finish that burger and the wine. Absolutely. So, everyone, uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook, Pulled Corks. You can find us on Instagram, Pulled Corks, or JP Pulled Corks, or Twitter at Pulled Corks. You can also find us on, did I say Facebook already? Yeah. And our beautiful website. Oh, our website, www.pulled-corks.com. It's really nice. Go check it out. Uh, Also, leave us a comment. Leave us any suggestions. Ratings. I hear five stars are great. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard about that. So you could go, you know, maybe drop that down or just uh, give us some constructive criticism and help us out. But, uh, yeah, happy birthday, America, and our American wines and our hamburgers. So, from Germany, uh, happy fourth. Cheers.